evening, everyone. Back for another episode of the DJ interview. I am Harry the Big Dog, and today's guest, he's coming all the way from Long Island, New York. Let's bring in DJ CJ. How you doing today? <laughs> What's up with you today? Same old, same old. Nice t-shirt. Like, you know, vinyl DJs, you know, it's an old thing. Vinyl DJs, you see if it says, do it better. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check out my vinyl behind me. So um, let's get this thing started, Chris. Okay. When, when, um, when you started DJing, or when you had the thought of DJing, what what gave you that bug? What gave you that itch to get just get some turntables and spin records? Oh wow! Because I come from a musical family. My mother played the piano. My father was a drummer. My older brother played the guitar. My sister sang. My cousins, all of them, pretty much all sang. Uh, some professionally. One had a band. Uh, they put out a couple of albums. And um, we used to go to my aunt Cena's in the Bronx all the time. She lived up in um, Bronx on the projects. She's always have these parties every weekend. And then my cousins would get a little tipsy. Hey, let Chris play the music. So what we had was we had an amplifier. They had a uh, phone one, phone two. So I was just switching back and forth from one turntable to the next. And, you know, I got kind of good at it. And I kind of enjoyed it. And they, they, they was like, oh, wow, he's actually really good. And I know how to, I was learning how to time the records. Just from switching from, no cue, no nothing. Just, I would put the, drop the needle and I look, 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 look. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> I would catch it on beat to the next record. So hey, Chris, Chris Gloss says, uh, what's up, Harry and DJ Chris? <laughs> what's up, what's up? So that, that's, that's where I got started and then Oh, wow, a few years later, I'd say about 76, my cousin gave me a mic mixer. So I had one phono in, and then the rest of were uh, mic lines. Mm-hmm. So back then, I, back in like 74, I think it was, my mother bought me an old sound design stereo. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in so long, sound yeah. design. The sound design. You know, she got it from of all places, she got it from a jewelry store. What you make happening? And um it had uh it was a separate turntable and receiver. Real cheap. I mean really, really cheap. It had no power to it. It was like five watts or something like that. <laughs> and it had a cassette player built in, but it couldn't record, it could only play cassettes. So right. you push it sideways, <laughs> it'll play a cassette. So wow. back then, you know, I, I thought I was just I was a man. I had, you know, I had a stereo. It's my so, show. You, you, if if any curse words slip, you know, it's it's okay. Okay. So <laughs> I took the turntable and I plugged it into the phono input. But now I need a second turntable. So my sister had a, a Gerard <laughs> component set, which was basically a name I haven't heard <laughs> in yeah. ages. Which basically was a turntable and two separate speakers that plugged in the back. And you had your volume knob and your and your um, balance knob all in one. It was one unit with two speakers. So I took her Gerard and I plugged it. I got a wide plug, put a quarter inch jack on it, and I plugged it into one of the mic lines. <laughs> so I chew one side. 
other side of Kun Q. And that's how that's that was my first mixing. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that, that was your first uh professional equipment. <laughs> yeah. Now mind you now, I'm on a, a mic mixer. I can only cue one side. I'm using the old ceramic needles. You remember those? Would you flip over? Somebody had mentioned ceramic needles. <laughs> yeah, ready. Used to flip them over in twenty seventy eight. So one side was for for forty fives and thirty three and thirds. And if you flipped it over, you could play seventy eights. Mm. Now I'm gonna give you a little tri trivia question. There are four speeds to a turntable. There was. There's thirty three and a third, forty five, seventy eight was the fourth one. Does anybody 14. know? No. 35 and a half. <laughs> With 16. <laughs> and they used to sell records 16 speed. Mm. I had a few. You're old. So, yeah, I'm up there. So, if you go to the old, old stereo systems, it had that fourth speed, which was 16. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, um, the, the burning question how did you get your name uh cj was just, just my initials and they just called me that as a kid so cj and my original um group name was original sounds it was uh -huh. me and my partner arnold um and a few other guys off the block but me arnold was basically the d i was the main dj arnold was the mc and we had a few other guys who were mcs and uh that name kind of was, was kind of dry so at that time, uh, what came out? We got our own thing that came out from CJ and Company. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was like that's that's what you should call your group, CJ and Company. <laughs> and that's how we got switched. <laughs> so um, we we've all been uh, talking about the last few interviews, talking about the the difference between. You you know coming up back in the day and and nowadays with the controllers and virtual DJ and uh, Serato and everything, so you're you're pretty much in both eras. Yeah. Was it hard or difficult to switch from your traditional vinyl to mm -hmm. now the controllers where you're playing you're, you're actually pulling a record from a computer. Or sliding it over via mouse. Um, some DJs may not agree, but I think any vinyl DJ would agree. There's one thing you can do with vinyl that you can't do with with this, this virtual record. It's like I can grab that record out of that crate in seconds and drop that needle to the part of the record I want in seconds. Where in the virtual realm, you have to scroll, find it, or type it in real quick, and then scan through it or, or, or punch something to get it to where you're at, or you have to already have it punched in. But if it's a brand new record, you know, or a brand new song, you haven't done that yet, you know, to get to the point where you want to be, it's harder to do, to me. Now, some DJs would disagree with you, and yeah. I'm, I'm not going to disagree, but I'll say you can set that up with your cue points, but it just yeah. it just takes time to set it up with your cue points. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, yeah, not cue points. DJ Tommy Lee said not cue points. All right. <laughs> but you have to What's set up, it up. Tommy Lee? 
get to set it in advance. Where with a with a vinyl, I don't have to set anything up. I just drop that needle. Bam, I'm there. <laughs> so you like you like the vinyl better? I will always prefer vinyl. It's a better sound, and that that's not me saying that. That's like when I went to school. You know, that's what they taught. This vinyls is more pleasing to the ear. Sounds much better, and you can tell the difference. So what do you what do you um, play with now? Well, I have a DJ controller only because that's what's being done now. And to get vinyl, new rec, new songs. I mean, it's slowly starting to come back, but most of your stuff, you know, it's not on vinyl. And I have to admit, you know, carrying a controller on a laptop is a lot easier than carrying four. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody will agree with you. Speaking so, of that, how many crates did you use to carry when you I did started, party? I started off with eight. Eight? What you was eight. doing? I thought I turned you off. <laughs> I started with eight crates, and it, it, it went to six, then four. You know, I, and I knocked it down to four because it was like, this is too much. Too much to carry. Yeah, too much to carry. Too much to carry. <laughs> you know, and, and then I realized um, one day... I was sitting, I was looking at how much music you play in the night. Because when you're DJing, because I was doing a lot of clubs and stuff like that, you're relatively working four to six hours. All right. And in four to six hours, you will play maybe a crate and a half worth of music. Because back then, we actually played the song. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, we, we might mix up the, the beginning a little bit, but we let the song play almost all the way out. Right. Uh, before we mix in the next song. Okay. Um, now they just they jump from song to song to song to song. It's like you can't that's what everybody's used to now. It, yeah. If you play longer than a minute and a half, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I've been noticing, even when I listen to the radio, the DJs come it's on so weekends. This is this is what they're doing. But um, so I realized I'm only playing a crate and a half worth of music in a night. Why am I carrying all these crates? So I condensed it down to four crates with different genres of music, and I would just rotate music in and out. Something that's hot now that I'm not, that's not really hot anymore, I'll pull that out and put some newer songs in. And that's how I was doing it. I would just rotate the songs in and out. Something that's not really getting played anymore, okay, you gotta come out. And I got like six new records that y'all gonna go in, and you six is gonna come out, because I haven't been playing y'all. <laughs> so uh, when when, you know, Based in that, then and now, uh -huh. if you didn't have a record that somebody requested, how was it back then as opposed to now? I, I ain't got that one. Sorry. <laughs> That's all you said. But now you can yeah. practically download it, you know, given a few. And if you got some internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can, if you have some good internet, you can practically download the song while you're DJing. <laughs> So that that's that's the plus side, you know. <laughs> let me, it, let me it, look at the chat for a second. Um, <laughs> Tom and Lee said eight. Wow, <laughs> four's about right. Uh, Chris Gloss he said, "What caused the death of DJing uh, DJs playing slow music?" Uh, the, the the new DJs because I used to always have a point where the middle of the, of, of the uh, right we all did. I slow it down, play a couple of slow songs, and then we're gonna take you back off again, or, 
uh, to, to my reggae set or whatever. But these new DJs did this, not doing that no more. And then besides, what are these slow songs? There's, there's no more songs about love. Everything's <laughs> throwing. <laughs> I was I was doing something at my VFW post two weeks ago, and I'm playing some old school songs. And somehow, because I'm playing off of YouTube, and somehow I jumped to a hip hop song. I was getting some head. I was getting some head. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. But this is the music that's that's out there now. Wow. All the songs, you know, they're about screwing. So um, let me let me ask you this: Is there any type of music that you will not play? I cannot stand that trap music. I have very little of it, and very little of it that I like. You Why know, is because it all sounds the same. <laughs> I, I literally listened to the radio, and and three songs came on. I'm like, is that the same song? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, some of the people you can't understand what the hell they're saying. Now they have something out called mumble rap. Well, they're just mumbling to the microphone to the same uh southern style beat. Mm. That that is 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 came from the south. Not just in my southern brothers and sisters, you know, you got a lot of uh, uh good MCs that came out of the south, but that music is is taking over. Even the mainstream artists, I mean, Beyonce dropped a whole album, nothing but trap music, and got Grammys for it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh man. So, so, uh, riding off that last question, what type of music do you play when nobody's around? It depends on my mood. Wow, it depends on my mood. I love me some house music because you know, I grew up in the disco era. You know, I was hitting, you know, my teens when disco really was kicking hard. And um, um, this when the original WKTU, Disco 92, was on the air back in the 70s. And 92 KTU, I haven't heard that in ages. Yeah, we used to steal the, the signs off the bus, just disco signs, and I had a, one in my room. Disco 92, I had it for you. I had it until I went into the Army. Mm. I finally threw it out. Had I known, I'd have kept it. Wow. <laughs> so, what what type of music would people be surprised that you listen to? Uh, sometimes they'd be surprised if you hear me listen to classical music. Classical. Yeah. Because I I love to listen to our classical pianists. Any uh, specific artists? I, I, for me, it's hard to name artists because sometimes I'll just catch them on a radio uh, channel surfing, mm -hmm. and I'll start listening, and I'll just leave it there because I just love to, to listen to them play. Or you know, uh, back when we had uh, only I think seven channels <laughs> on TV, you know, thirteen uh, here in New York, they would have documentaries on the different uh, um, uh, artists or, or pianists. Who play classical music, and I was sitting out and watching. I listened to them play, and I have some classical albums mixing myself. Nice. Do you remember the first record you ever brought? Uh, I think it was Ramsey Lewis. I'm trying to remember the name of the record, but I believe it was Ramsey Lewis. And that's uh, you actually remember. 
Yeah, it was a 45. I'm trying to remember the name of the song. It was, it was a popular song. That he, so Ramsey Lewis was a jazz artist. Mm-hmm. He had put out a, like an R&B type song. And I remember liking that song and I had gotten a dollar and went to the record store was like right next to the supermarket. It was near my house. It was like within walking distance. <laughs> and a dollar and going out and buying that 45. <laughs> um we we got a que- we got a couple of questions uh sure. uh are DJs taking cash app to place songs on request i i haven't run into that yet but would i maybe <laughs> i mean you, know, you when you want to drop 40 50 dollars on my cash app i play a song and that it i'll play it dj howie d said uh promoters Kind of killed it, killed you playing slow to slow music too, and for real, that is basically true. <laughs> I can tell you. You remember the first place you DJed? Oh wow! Professionally, when you are professional, you got paid for it. The first wow, I mean, I, I, you, you take me back, man, to the seventies. Now, um, <laughs> I smell your hair burning. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, because we used to do a lot of stuff for uh, my friend Arnold, DJ On. Shout out to DJ On. Um, he used to be MC On for his mother and her friends back in the seventies and early eighties. You know, um, I did a uh, New Year's Eve party in Manhattan, in, I think seventy nine. And you know barbecues and stuff like that. So I, I was doing a lot of birthday parties. So that we going back 77, 78, um, stuff. You know, just doing parties for for people looking for a DJ who want to hire a DJ for their their daughter's function or the son's function. Like my friend Arnold, his because we played to always played to an older crowd. Right. I played for an older crowd. They liked the way we played. We played music they they listened to. And I knew what to play because, like, you know, I have older brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, and my aunt used to always have these parties. So I'm like, oh, yeah, they like this. They want to hear this. They want to hear this. And that's what we would play. So I couldn't, I mean, I had my, my breakbeat music, but then I had my crates, well, you know, just straight albums and songs and 12 inches, you know. And like, I remember the, the first 12 inch wasn't even 33 and a third. <laughs> <laughs> when last time you see one of these? I know these newer newer cats have never seen it. Yeah, I, I have mine down here in my record somewhere. <laughs> I don't appreciate it, but I have you know, I have a lot of those. But I have um my first twelve the first when the first twelve inches came out, they weren't twelve inches, they were giant forty fives. Yeah. That's some of them one sided. Yeah, some of them were one sided. I still have my um a one sided uh uh, 12 inch by cameo called Riggy Mortis. Mm-hmm. That was back in the 70s. I still have that. And it was done on Chocolate City Records. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, uh, I think there was a spinoff of Casablanca. <laughs> uh, DJ, uh, hey, LaShawn said, hey, Chris. Hey, hey. Um, Chris Gloss said, you know, how are old school DJs staying competitive in this new era? 
Wow, that's a hard, that's a hard one to answer for me. Um, well, because this, I think they're saying competitive because they're playing to our age group. And even I'm noticing now, a lot of the younger folks are listening to our music. Stuff from the 90s and the 80s. I'm, I'm, I'm watching some of these kids blasting in their cars. Yeah. You know, and not as much as of, of this new trap music. Because, I mean, some of these songs coming out, some of these artists coming out, and the song might be big now, and you go to a party and you shake your butt to whatever. <laughs> three, four years from now, you're not going to hear that song again. But yet... Six months. Yeah. But yet, I could still drop a pop, a Snoop Dogg, you know, Biggie on and still pack a dance floor. I can still drop uh, uh, um, Umo D and still pack a dance floor. Right. 80s. You know, I can still drop KRS One and people are like, oh yeah, I ain't heard that in a minute. <laughs> and these songs have longevity and, and, and it'll be around for a long time where this new stuff is these artists, they come and they go. They they do have a platform though. It's a lot of people that listen out there. Well, their platform now they're being saved by YouTube. Yeah. You know, they a lot of these a lot of these guys are dropping stuff on YouTube and people liking it, and then they have their own websites, and that's how they're getting their stuff out there. Other than that, nobody can listen to them. <laughs> I mean. They they have an audience. <laughs> just, just like we do. And and let, let me answer Chris. Chris's question from my perspective. Ooh, I'm losing my voice already. <clears throat> um, I think there's an audience for for our age range. Yeah. And and you know me like like Chris said, I come up from that disco era, early rap, and that's the music I like to listen to, and that's the music that I'd rather play and go hear. Let me let me look at some questions. Oh, LaShawn <laughs> remembers when I was rocking it in Dorman's Road. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I used to DJ at your house. <laughs> hey, Tommy Lee said, what's up with that iRig? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure this damn thing out. Because I, I don't know if I got the right one or not, but it, it doesn't make any sense to instruct me. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get it um, handled. But let, let me ask you this: Is there yeah. any point in your whole DJ career, whether it was the beginning or middle or end, that you wanted to quit? I did quit. You did. I did quit. I stopped doing music when they switched to CDs. I I was still doing vinyl. So you didn't take the new technology well. All right, the CD mixes came out and DJs was doing it with the CDs. I wasn't feeling it, but people were still using vinyl and, and vinyl was still being sold. So I would still get functions, but it was it was tapering off really, really, really fast. This is when I came back from Iraq and I did like two parties and all of a sudden, you know, it started tapering off and then the record store started closing left and right. You know, I mean, there was this entire record shut down. I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. And then um, I went to Manhattan and I went to, I used to get on my house big from Vinyl Mania, downtown Manhattan. That, that was right. my spot. And I went there and it was a sign on the door saying, For thank those you. who don't know, where was Vinyl Mania? That was downtown Manhattan in the village area. 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I remember the name of the street it was on, but uh, it had another record store that sold um, like a Rare Records, House of Rare Records, I think it was across the street. And um, it had a sign that says, thanks for 27 years, and they were closed. It was out of business. I almost cried. <laughs> put, in the chat, put in the chat if uh, you almost cried when your record store closed. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, there's nothing left. There's no one left. They're all gone. Beach Street was gone in Brooklyn. Um, uh, downtown Records was gone up in, in Midtown Manhattan. There was over around 42nd Street. Well, they were in 40s. Downstairs Records was 42nd Street. Then they had Downtown Records, I think it was at 28th and 8th, and they moved to like 27th. They were gone. I mean, in the day, we used to go into the record store and they had different rooms for different genres of music and turntables set out. So you could put on some headphones and listen to the, the, the record before you bought it. Yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, so all of that was do that rock and soul. Yeah, and rock and soul, I think, is still there. Because they sold electronics too. But um all that stuff, all, everything was gone. And I'm like, I'm not switching the CDs. I refuse. I think I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all that music I got, and 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 I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but y'all see all that? <laughs> you got a you got a uh, tour of Chris's basement. All right, <laughs> and it goes it goes on more than that. Okay, <laughs> I'm not comparing all of that to, to to the digital realm. I wasn't doing. It. I refused, and I, I, I it, it 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 just was just I was like disenchanted. I'm like I'm not doing it no more, and I stopped. But people were still calling me up. Hey, could you play some music this function? Play some music for this function? And I would still come out with turn to playing some old music. And then uh, it was like, all right, now what am I going to do? I can't get this song. I can't get that song. But then I was able to download it on, I don't know if you guys remember LimeWire. You should get everything. And I started downloading LimeWire. <laughs> I had a lot of the songs. But now I don't have a, a, a realm to play it on. So then I was like, how am I going to do this? Because at one point I was mixing stuff on vinyl. Taking my cassette deck, because I still have a cassette deck. I have a couple of them. Hooking it up to my computer in the import. And I had, a, um, I forget the software I was using. And I would record it, I would record it into my computer. So I have to, now after I play it on cassette, record on cassette, play the cassette into computer in its entirety <laughs> and record the mix. Now I had to time it just right. So when I, at 43 minutes, okay, it's time to fade out. <laughs> or 90 minutes. Those who don't know, that's a 90 minute tape. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I had, I had a lot of mixes that I had recorded into, you know, the digital realm. And then I had gotten this piece of software called Audacity. It's a free di uh, uh, DJ editing software, not DJ, but uh, editing software for you know new producers. And I started mixing with that. So I got the new songs and I learned to line them up <laughs> in the software so I can blend. <laughs> and, and I started you know putting those together and making uh, recordings of the new songs and then burning that to CD and I would go to a function with two CD players and my mixer, and I would just mix back and forth my two mixes or my mixes of whatever I had. And people were happy. 
Right. So somebody you know, went to hire me to do a big job. And I'm still dragging those old equipment out, my two analog, my three analog speakers. So I had two and, short... and those speakers that, that was the size of washing machines. I still have three of them. Ooh. I won't get those. Because the sound that comes out of them is, is, is you can't touch it. And every I try to pull them out once a year. This year, of course, I never get an opportunity to. But uh, usually once a year they, they the big dogs come out when I'm doing something outside and you can hear them for blocks. <laughs> <laughs> he, pull, he pulls me out every once a year. Let me let me look at the questions. <laughs> and fact, hold on, Harry. I got a picture of him. Do you? Yeah. We had Howie D talk about Vinyl Mania on Carmine Street. Oh man, I haven't heard that name in a while. Uh, Tommy Tommy Lee said yes on Thirty Eighth Street, and that that's. I think rock and soul. Oh, you do. That's nice, bro. <laughs> a big square one up top. Oh. I still, I still the middle have... ones is that's where you put your clothes in for the dryer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the one on top, I still have two of those. And the one under it, I still have one of those. Mm. Wow. Tommy Lee, which, what am I drinking? I'm drinking some tea today. With a custom cup. Uh, Chris Gloss asked, are video DJs the future? What do you think about that? Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to see them more and more. And, and like you were discussing with me a little while ago how, you know, instead of having a, 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 um, your hard drive for the music, now you can pretty much stream your music. They're offering that everywhere now. You know, it's a service where you can stream all the new music and just pull it out of the air. Which I, I like that idea, but then I don't like that idea because you, know, you miss a payment, <laughs> cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> no more music. Yeah, so. Have you ever done any karaoke parties? No. I had started to buy a karaoke machine because uh, I, when I was getting back into it, like I said, when, when I first started to get back into it, somebody hired me for, 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 for a joint, and I said, I got to start looking a little more professional. So I bought my first controller. Well, actually, this is my second controller. I, this is the first one I bought. My wife bought me a controller. Hold on. I got to get it because I, I want to make you guys laugh. Hold on. <laughs> Put in the chat if any of you DJs done any karaoke parties. I'm curious to see what you used. DJ Tom Ali, yes, I'm, I'm not going to any AA meetings. <laughs> so I was at a function and I seen this DJ had one of these and I said, that's kind of cool. I wouldn't mind having one so I can basically hook it to my laptop and all my mixes that I have in my laptop, I can just mix from one to the next. So my wife went to Bed Bath & Beyond, and she got me this. Oh, sweet. <laughs> she put you on a professional level immediately. <laughs> That's my actual first controller. My wife got me, Bed Bath & Beyond. Did you ever take it out and, and work it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you could actually scratch real slow. <laughs> mm. 
But um, Barbara got that for me for um, I think it was for my for, for Father's Day or something, and I started using it to do functions, small functions for people, and I already had my mixes that I had created in my laptop. So I would play one mix and one mix is getting ready to fade out or, or would let it fade out and fade the new mix in. And I had an intro and everything. So it, it worked out. So I, I couldn't, but when I stepped up to a better laptop, that wasn't working. Mm. Right. And then so I, I got my first control that I bought was the mix, Newmark Mix Deck Express. So I went and bought that and um, that I'm sitting too far over the deck. I lights my eyes. <laughs> okay, let me move a little to the. I, I got my mood light on, as y'all can see in the background. So it's kind of shining in my eyes. Anyway, so I got the Mix Deck Express, which was I kind of liked it because um, it allowed me to play from the computer with the software using Serato Intro, or I could play CDs. Or I can go um, direct from a uh, flash drive. So that was kind of cool. I like that. And I thought I was, I thought I was the man. <laughs> so, you know, best, best party you ever threw. You was there. My first New Year's Eve party at, at Undormans. Yes. You remember that one, right? And I think um, if LaShawn is still on, I think she was there too. It was my first New Year's Eve party and my very first barbecue on Dormans. That's when we, we had drill that day. <laughs> and after that, everybody from drill came to my house. And that's when Alex and my man Vance, God rest his soul, his wife got into a, got into a fight. And then all of a sudden, everybody was in the house. Mm -hmm. And Paul. New Year's Eve took the cake. Um, that was a nice apartment. Yeah. It was a nice apartment. But we had that, like, me and Charlotte set up, and we started counting the people. And it was about, we counted about like 125 mm. people who came. Because at one time, she, I remember I was set up in my daughter's room, and she was saying, Chris, tone it down. But I was thinking she's saying, turn it down. <laughs> so I turned this down a little bit, but she was saying tone it down because there was so many people in the living room that the floor was bouncing. Mm. She said, "Any, she thought in any minute we're going to be in the basement." <laughs> she said, "I could feel the floor bouncing." <laughs> and remember, now I was working as a bus driver at the time, and I had my passengers <laughs> showed up. Mm. Passengers showed up because they heard about it because the word went out and everybody said, oh, yeah, well, you know, where's he live? And I lived right on the bus route and everybody, that was like the, the, one of the best parts I threw. Mm. Everybody ran out. All right. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Worst party. I mean, the, the most disastrous one. Oh, <sighs> uh, wow. I can remember one was uh, was my birthday, and I was DJing at this club called Living Colors, and I invited a lot of people to come out. And normally people would have came out, but we had a nor'easter that day, and it was bad because I meant to pick up. I went to go pick up my man Slam, and he lived out in Rosedale, Queens. 
So I get on his block. I mean, it's, it's windy. It's raining. I get on his block, and I toot the horn, and he and this girl come out, and he runs up in the car, and I make a U-turn, and I go to go back, and there's a tree laying there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, wait a minute. That wasn't that minute ago. <laughs> a big-ass tree laying in the middle of the street that fell down. We drove right past it. So I, I'm talking about this had to be within minutes of me driving wow. back. So, you know, when we finally get to the club, nobody showed up, really. Yeah, I mean, the place was empty. Did you get there late? I got there not late. I got there in a real amount of time, but, um, you know, it was like the, we're empty that night. It's like nobody turned out. And, and, and it's like as big as that club was, it wasn't a giant, giant club, but it was it was fairly big. And I like had like maybe 25 people in <laughs> mm. Do Do you have a, another one where, you know, maybe a piece of equipment went, you forgot your needles? Uh, the- I've never forgotten needles. I've had uh, parties where we've set up and um, remember, that's the days of analog. And you turn everything on, and it goes. <laughs> you can't figure it out. <laughs> what the hell? Why is it doing that? Mm. That's what Mame taught me. Always bring extra. Okay, and it's always, almost always back then, an RCA line. Usually your RCA line either coming from your mixer to the EQ or some something in that chain. One of those RCA lines went back because they were made in China back then. Mm. And um that that was usually the problem. And I usually have to disassemble everything and try to figure out what it is. And then so let me try it again. Let me try it again. But luckily a lot of times I would always have wires anyway. And try let me try a different wire and it would work. I would get to fix it, but right. you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, we're 40 minutes into the party now, and people standing around like, "What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they, is that what? Yeah, hold a light, hold a light." <laughs> uh, the the kill the DJ moment. Oh yeah, people, people people be upset. They'd be upset, but that that's what would happen. So it taught me always have extra wires, extra jacks. So I would go shopping, and we didn't have the dollar store back then. So, you know, I'd go to Jamaica Avenue and I'd buy, you know, two, three sets of RCA plugs just to have them. You know, three, four sets of wide jacks just to have them. Just in case, because they would, something would always go. And that would usually be, be the case. Um, and I know every vinyl DJ has done this. You got the place rocking. People, I mean, the dance floor is packed. You're a little buzzed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And you go to reef for something and your sleeve catches the needle and drags it across the record. <laughs> now I know all you vinyl DJs have done that one time in your life. You and it, and me, it seems like everything is in slow motion. Yes. If you tell me you're a vinyl DJ and you've not been done it, you're lying to me. <laughs> Put in the chat if that's ever happened to you where you uh either you get a needle. Oh, you smack it with your hand by mistake. Hmm. <laughs> Or forget what side you're on and pick up the wrong needle. I've done that. Oh my god! <laughs> and then drop it right back down real quick. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> oh, oh man! Or oh, you get that one record 
that start skipping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and, and all this record that you, because you played it so much, it's worn a groove in where you first dropped the needle at. So it'll start off like, then clear up. Yes, sir. I got one break beats for like that. <laughs> DJ Tommy Lee said yes. <laughs> He's had one of those moments where uh the needle just didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it. I mean, I, I remember sitting there watching. I was young then. This is when I was a young whippersnapper back in my uh my uh, marijuana days. <laughs> you you said whippersnapper? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's how old I am. Mm. My boy Arnold, we had smoked a joint and we're DJing. Now he got the munchies. He went to go reach for his sandwich, which is like behind the turntables. And he caught that needle and it dragged. And he just stood there looking at it. Mm. And I'm hysterical. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. You know, he looked at it for about a good six, seven seconds. We realized, pick the needle up. Because now the needle's on the paper. <laughs> on the record, it's like, <laughs> and everybody's looking like, what happened? And I'm hysterical. I'm hysterical. Oh, man. So um, starting to wrap this up, uh, what what is something you would tell a DJ that's coming up? What advice would you give them? Uh, Learn your craft. Because being a DJ is a craft. People, they, uh, the way it is now, it's, it, when they start over with the CDs and then now Serato is taking a lot of the craft out of it because now DJs aren't even mixing anymore. They're just throwing on songs. Learn your craft and be better than than your competition. There's always competition out there. Be, be good. Find out what's out there, what they're doing, and try and do it better. You know, that's the best advice because things are moving so fast and changing so much. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. Things every every four or five months, something different, something new. And it's hard to keep up. That pretty yeah. much seems to be the theme. Learn your craft. Yeah, learn your craft. You know, and then like us, I try to take it to the next level. You know, when, you know, I stopped DJing, I started getting into production. You know, because everybody can't be, you know, in front of the microphone, <laughs> rapping or, or, or be Jazzy Jeff. But, you know, you can still produce. You can still make songs, make music. And there's money out there in doing that. And just don't sell your tracks. Lease them. That way you get a royalty check, just like, you know, the writer and the uh, publisher. And one, more, one more question. question. We yeah. we talked about pay. Uh-huh. Um, DJ Clientel was talking about, you know, commanding a certain amount of pay. Yeah. I'm not sure if you were you were on it yesterday, but commanding a certain amount of pay. And um what I was explaining was what about that DJ who's you don't know their situation at home and they need that money. What what's your stance on it? Are you you know for taking anything they give you, or are you standing firm with your price? I try to stand firm with my price, but don't get it, get me wrong. 
if you're in a situation where you need that money, then you go get that money. Because you you know, I don't know what your situation at home is, and it might be a situation where you you gotta come up with a couple of hundred dollars, so you gotta do gigs for less money. I can't get manage you for doing that. But no, I have a standard price, especially but this the, stage the of my life. Other DJs, you know, when they're commanding this and that person says, you know, well, I paid this other one this price, you know, why you don't take this price? Well, I like to say you get what you pay for. You want $150, you pay $150 DJ, you get $150 DJ. Okay. You pay me what I asked for, that's what you're going to get. Okay. It, it, it's the same thing, you know. You can go into the store and buy costume jewelry, or you can go into Zales and buy some gold. They both look good. And one is real, one ain't. <laughs> you good know, I'm not, to, I'm not trying to not DJs who, who take less money because it, it kind of makes it harder on, on us DJs who, who command a certain amount of money. Yeah, I've worked all these years doing this and I'm, and and I think I deserve this amount of money because I've worked so hard all these years. In this stage of my life, I'm not taking less. You know, now I do favors for friends and, and, and family, but you're not going to you know, insult me. You know, hey, listen, I'll give you hundred dollars. Well, then you hire somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's not even filling my, you know, barely filling my tank. You pay me for for my skill. You pay me for my time. And and I, uh, Tommy probably agreed with me on this one. You also I also charge you moving fees. Somebody gotta lift this crap, okay, and put it in the truck, you know, take it out the truck, you know, and, and, and me, like I have a house now, so I gotta take it out of the garage, load it into my truck, get it to your spot, unload it, set it up. That's work. Even now with this, this digital music and, and plug and play is a lot faster. But if you've ever lifted a power subwoofer, things are heavy as hell. Um, <laughs> If anybody has a Yorkville, things are 140 pounds each. Mm. Now you got to be a weightlifter. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I, I, I want to help you if you get a function and it has stairs. Right. Because I had, I had to help uh, do a sound system for somebody, for clientele, actually. Somebody, he, 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 he leases out his equipment sometimes, the speakers. So we get to the place, a huge place, but it was on the third floor and there's no elevator. Mm. So I'm carrying, you know, we got to carry this Yorkville upstairs. I'm like, this is some bull. Mm. So, you know, I charge you that fee too because I'm by myself. So I got to lift all this stuff by myself. So I made my system as lightweight as possible. Right. My subs, because I'm still partially analog, because analog to yourself gives a better sound. So my sub, my low end, I still have a small amp rack with EQ and crossover. But see, with power speakers, you get one to me. You get one bass sound. I can adjust with that crossover to the acoustics of the room to get a better sound. So if I'm in a larger room, I just make some adjustments so I can fill that room better. I'm in a smaller room. Maybe I don't need as much punch, so I, you know I, I lower some of some of the levels down. But you're so, still talking about bringing amps and preamps and speakers now, well, as opposed to a, a powered well, powered speaker. What I, what I'm bringing weighs less than a powered speaker. 
<laughs> it's just more of them, more parts. It's just more parts, and everything's already. I have a small amprac. Everything's already wired. So I come out of my my um my my controller into the amprac, and then then plug uh, run the wires from my controller to my power speakers, which are my top end. And they're the full range speakers, you know, my EVs or my Altos, whichever one on my JB or whatever one I'm going to use. So I'm I'm hooking up just as fast. I'm just carrying more things. That's all. But it's, it it to me it sounds better. And I, and and my subs, I bought some cabinets from uh, uh, I forget the name of the company, and I took their woofers out. But their woofers are crap. Okay, and I they had a built-in crossover, so it was supposed to be 600 watts. I'm like, this is garbage. And I still have my Fane Colossus 18-inch woofers, and I put those in those those cabinets. Much better sound. And that's what I've been playing with. Right. DJ Tommy Lee said you have to ask them the right questions to get the right info to charge the right price. That's true, too. <laughs> I like, you know, well, what, what's your budget? Okay. Now, if they don't have, you know, a budget where meets where I'm asking, if they can't, I may bend, depending on who it is. But if they, if they, you know, come in with, like, like I only got $200. Well, listen, are you my friend? He might be able to do it. <laughs> you know, my man DJ Art, I'll call him up, see if he's free, if he wants to do it. Because he just likes to play sometimes. Fame is not all about the money. Right. I'm not all about the money for me, but at this stage of my life, you know, I think I'm valued at a certain price and I should get what I asked for. And I think everybody would agree with you on here. Well, we're going to wrap this up, Chris. I thank you for your time. I and think I have one. <laughs> would you come back on? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we haven't touched on and many, many stories we haven't touched on. Yeah, we are, we are coming up on the hour, and I'm not going over this time. <laughs> 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 so we'll, we'll get a part two sometime in the future. All right. Thank you for everything, and you have a great night. All right. Y'all be good. Well, thanks, everyone. This has been episode four of DJ Interview. Tomorrow night, we'll be back. Same time. Peace.